This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nick and Spencer back on the Sons of the Shoe podcast. 20-12, to 12, Ohio State over Penn State. And there was quite a ruckus in the first half. It looked like it was going to be a career-defining mistake by Kyle McCord. Um, panicked a little bit after a couple of plays, got a strip back. Penn State player took all the way back. Only, oh no, a defensive holding call to be uh, called. And I've got to say, man, like the reaction on social media by like prominent college football analyst, Barrett Salee. I'm not calling names. I'm just saying Barrett Salee. <laughs> Fixes in. And it's like, no, it was 100% a yeah. defensive holding call. And then, <laughs> like, what is it? I can't even remember how many plays later. Uh, you know, Devin Brown's in on a goal line package. And the whistles are blowing. The referees are waving their hands frantically. It could have been, it could have been a Texas-sized year in between the end of the whistle and when Devin Brown got thrown down, and they called a, uh, a, a what was it, unnecessary roughness, a personal yes, foul yeah. call, and which again, did it give Ohio State life? Yes, a hundred percent. But was it also one hundred percent the right call? Yeah. And to watch watch college football analyst just just lose like any measure of, of like, I'm not biased. I don't have my biases because, Oh, it's unfair. Ohio state. What got the right calls. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the objective here. And like refereeing is bad in college football. It isn't the NFL. I didn't like, there was nothing in that, in that entire game that I saw that rose to the level of mockery of officiating like I see every week, every day, every darn minute in the NFL. I thought the I and overall, you can quibble with a call here, call there on either side. I thought the referees played no part in the outcome of this game. The mistakes that were actually there were actually called. Yeah, uh, listen on the broadcast. I actually got a funny story about this, um, but real quick uh, on the broadcast, Joel Klatt, who I respect, I, I have a lot of respect for Joel Klatt. I think he's one of the better color analysts in the game. And I love Gus Johnson. I, I for, basically here I am just salivating at the mouth over the entire Fox broadcast crew. They're, they're incredible. Um, but no, they Joel get Klatt, paid enough. They get paid enough. They don't need to be paid. <laughs> they don't need my too. endorsement, right? <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, I, he called it on the broadcast, and he flat out said, "Like, listen, that was that was the right call." And and and, and here's the thing: the story I have is this. So my my. I don't know if I should admit this on this podcast, but my parents are actually both Penn State alums. They hate the I, fact that I live in Ohio and more or less support the Ohio State Buckeyes. It, it grinds their gears. But real quick, I I'm was, gonna need I'm gonna need their address and their social securities, but that's for <laughs> all fair. All right, well, yeah, we'll share that off the air. Um, and my dad actually happens to be in State College like today. There's some event for like his his fraternity or something like that that's going on or whatever. So he, him, and my mom are down in state college. And so I was texting with him a little bit during the game, a little bit after I was kind of like, Hey, I thought Drew Allen was going to play better. Blah, blah blah. And he was like, well, that, that uh, defensive holding call that took the touchdown off the board was complete garbage. And I was like, dad, I was like, listen, 
I don't mean to sound like an Ohio State homer here, but that was like 100% the the right call. And his response was, well, the consensus is that it wasn't. And I was like, well, of course, (laughs) of course the consensus in State College, Pennsylvania, was that it wasn't the right call. What what else are they going to say? But no, it was was unbiasedly, objectively, it was the right call. And if it happened to Ohio State, like, does that suck? Yeah, like it's unfortunate. You don't want to see that happen to your team. It's a big momentum swing. And that's why I feel like it's easy. The refs have a, a, a an impossible job because in moments like that, you're you're paid and responsible for getting the calls right. And in that instance, they did. But yeah, when it's it impacts a play of that magnitude, yeah, of course, it's a big momentum shift, and you hate to see that. But I'm okay with the call as long as it's right. And in that instance, it was 100 percent right. I'm 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 right there. Well- and I also, you know, like, I think there's a big issue with, like, when a call happens. Now, in this in this case, this was a, a touchdown taken off the board in the first half of the game. But, like, the, the, always if it happens late in the game, that becomes, like, a, a, bigger di- a bigger deal. And I actually disagree with that, too. And, I, like, I won't go so far as to say nice things about officials. But, like, I, I think we've just gotten to a point in college, it's still acceptable that analysts, and I, I, I probably am guilty too if I watch a BG game or an Ohio State game, where if you don't like the the end result of the call, well, then you got to question the call itself. No, I I think I think those were the right calls. And I think you start to look, I, like to me, if, uh, if, if you want to make up for that call, if that call was so detrimental, then Daquan Hardy should have taken that or caught that punt instead of letting it roll. And uh, what was it? Mirko's punt turned into a 72-yard yeah. punt, right? Yeah. If you, if you don't want that, um, then you should have taken advantage, or rather, if you're pissed about that, take advantage of the, uh, the Penn State punt going off of Fleming's leg that was recovered by Penn State where the ball is a 48 and you end up ha- having to punt. If you don't like that, uh, double cover and stick to your coverage on Marvin Harrison friggin' Jr. <laughs> they did a great job. After that first, like, probably drive four completions, they did a really good job, even within that first drive, of buttoning up, did Penn State, on, on Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was just persistence by Ohio State. At some point, I think Kyle McCord was too locked on to, to Marvin, almost to Marvin's detriment like a middle of the game and he wasn't going to Carnell or Cade or, or maybe even a, a underneath on the receiver, but like or on the, the running back. But at the same point, like over the course of the game, they found a way to get him open again and just get him the right touches, including that big 18 yard touchdown that pretty much sealed the game with four minutes to go. Well, and that's where we talked about in the first segment, like just Ryan day scheming guys open and making adjustments when things aren't really working. And I thought he, I really did think he did a brilliant job of that because like you said, they started to shut down Marvin Harrison. They started to be more locked in on him. I know after that first drive, Penn state moved. It was, it was, uh, it was Kalen King, the, that court, the same corner that was responsible for the hold on Marvin Harrison on the defensive holding that called back that, that brought the touchdown back. It was him who they actually shifted over to guard him. He was basically mirroring um, Marvin Harrison Jr. wherever he went for a little while there. And then they kind of went back to doing different things and bracketing him and all this different stuff. So I agree with you, but that's that's where I think Ryan Day does deserve credit is getting him open and scheming him open, especially late in that game. And he obviously gets the touchdown late, which kind of sealed the deal. And that was huge. Um, but And I'll say this, like you mentioned McCord maybe being too locked in on him. I, I, if the, if Ohio state loses now, listen, if they lose and he's just like flat out missing 
players who are wide open in the process, then like, yeah, he's going to get criticism. But if you go down with the ship and the, and the ship is basically, you know what, let's throw it up to one of the best players or maybe the best skill player on the planet right now in college football. I'm not going to necessarily fault you for that. Like that's the type of guy who can win a lot of those 50, 50 chances. He did a couple times today. And so I don't blame him for necessarily continuing to go to him. And obviously it paid off in the end. Um, but yeah, like I, I think one of the best things about the the second half of this game and what Kamal, when Kamal kind of, kind of got comfortable was he was going to, this is what this game came down to for me, Nick, at the end, it was kind of a grinded out game. Very, very close one possession up until the final few minutes here. And Mm -hmm. the difference became what I think the difference is in these two rosters. When you look at them, which is you knew Penn state had a really good defense. You felt like Ohio state had a really good defense. You knew Penn state probably had the better quarterback, but you knew Ohio state probably had the better skill positions, offensive line. You thought Penn state was probably a little bit better than Ohio state. They've had some issues running the ball, but I go back to the skills position thing. That was the difference when Ohio state knew things were a little bit tight. They were trying to kind of find a way to milk the game and put it away and get out of there with the win. They went to the guys where their strength is. And that was the skill positions. It was Marvin Harrison jr. It was Carnell Tate at times. It was Stover. Like when they needed those guys most, they started going to them. They started relying on them. And those guys kind of carried them across the finish line, which is what you expect from a team that has those types of players. So I, it's not that I disagree with you, but I also think it's that at no point did Penn State ever fall into where their strength was, which was, I, I mean, I just think that left side of Doesn't that Doesn't that go back to James Franklin, though? A hundred percent. And I and I think, you know. He overthinks it against Ohio State, I think. I think he just, yes. Like, I, 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 think, I, think, I think overthinking it's fair. I also think, quite frankly, like he doesn't have an ethos to fall back on. Mm. Right. Like he, you know, like in this game, I think he was like, you know what? I'm going to be aggressive and then I'm going to pucker. I'm an aggressive and I'm going to pucker. And it's like, he was overly aggressive. You, either, you gotta pick, one. pick a lane, pick a lane. Yeah. Like to me, this game screamed, I'm going to come out. I'm going to run the ball early because I'm going to set the physical edge and I'm going to use that left side of my line until they can't stop me. And then in the second half, no matter what the score is, I'm going to give the kid a chance. But and but not only did he not do that, he put all the short little you know piddly stuff on Drew Aller's arm because he wasn't running the ball consistently and he wasn't winning the time of possession battle. And then he's not giving the kid a chance to go down the field. And it's like you can't you can't do both things. You can't expose the kid in the short passing game and intermediate passing game, and then not just give him something to say. You've got a howitzer. All right. One play. I mean, we saw that with the the, tight, yeah. the touchdown callback. One play can change the, the, the part of this game. And I just thought you never really deployed that. And I think defensively, you just never generated enough consistent pressure on McCord to get the absolute worst of McCord out. And I think McCord's numbers are a little, a little inflated. But who cares? Like, he won. And also, yeah. I, I want to make sure we give credit to this to the Sickos Committee uh, Twitter handle, who came up with, if we're going to call Maserati Marvin, uh, we got to go with Kyle, or what is it, the the Honda uh, McCord, which (laughs) is now. That's so good. It's so good to me. Because it's perfect. That that is officially, that is a staple on the show now. We're calling him Honda McCord. Yeah, yes. and I almost botched the delivery of it, but we made up for it because you bought into it, and that's all that 